welcome to Payment Matters. I'm your host, Jeff Lynn. Thanks for tuning in today. On this show, we talk about the ever-changing landscape of healthcare payments and the impacts to healthcare payers, providers, and consumers. You can follow the conversation on Twitter at hashtag Payment Matters and follow me at Jeff B. Lynn. My guest today for today's episode is Monica Dubois, Vice President Coding Solution Technology at Deliver Health. Monica, it's great to have you here with us today. Yeah, thank you for having me, Jeff. Appreciate it. Yeah, yeah. Um, and, and looking forward to, to a really interesting discussion. Uh, maybe for our audience, can you tell us a little bit about your background and experience and what you've done in healthcare? Yeah, sure. So my area of expertise is actually specifically in the middle revenue cycle space, Jeff. So I've been on this journey for about 30 years. Um, I was a coder way back in the day when I was at Ohio State. And then, you know, when I graduated, I started out in coding and HIM leadership in the hospital space, kind of medium to large hospitals. I then transitioned into the vendor world after about five years. Um, I was doing consulting related to CDI, to coding workflow, coding audits, and just a lot of other middle revenue cycle fun, you might say. And then at the height of the I-10 change, I actually moved into managing onshore and offshore coding and audit services. So we served about 80 clients consistently. And so, as you can imagine, I really, on top of the consulting, I really saw a ton of challenges in the industry because I was working with clients across the entire country from end to end. So then I had the opportunity to um, come over and work at Deliver Health to help solve some of those issues that I'd been seeing in the coding space and, you know, around the coding space, middle revenue cycle through technology. So I've spent about the last few years getting to know the autonomous coding space really, really well so that we could then aggregate multiple proven engines onto our platform and then also help in the ambulatory space to improve you know, coding efficiencies and and the quality using our platform. So that's what I've been doing over the last 30 years. It's a, uh, a broad-based view of, and you've seen probably all the changes over these years. Yeah. Um, one, of, one of the things I wanted to just ask you, which is you've seen these challenges shift and change over the last 30 years. How would you compare how things were 20, 30 years ago versus today and, and, and what those clients are, are, are kind of doing? Well, you know, that's such an interesting question. I would just say when I started, just for instance, Medicare was really just coming on to the scene for coding rules and regulations. So as you can imagine, it was I'm not, I, I hate to use the word simple, Jeff, but boy, when I compare it, it was just a simpler environment because we didn't have all the rules and regulations. We didn't have, you know, all of the overarching requirements with documentation and the list goes on. But 
I will say that kind of progressively over the 30 years, while there has been, I'll say in the 90s, we saw it get progressively more and more and more complicated. And then what we started to see was technology come into the forefront to really help focus on some of those challenges. So now if I compare then to now, obviously there is more complication, but there's a heck of a lot more technology to help solve some of those really difficult issues. Yeah, as as things progress, you think these things get simpler, but in, in more ways than one, I've seen this, it, it gets more complicated for, for everyone, right? Absolutely, um, absolutely. And, and you know, there's a, there are, you know, when I think about what are the most difficult issues that are out there in the revenue cycle, you know, so many things come to mind that really weren't even on the scene back then. Yeah, if um, thinking about today and what, what you and Deliver Health do, where do these organizations today, what, what do they struggle with? And, you know, I guess, what are they doing well? I'm mm-hmm. interested in your in the perspectives there. Well, I always like to start with the positive. So <laughs> let's start with what are they doing well? Because there are a couple of things that, you know, with working in the industry day in and day out, I really see, you know, I told you that my focus is middle revenue cycle and i think a lot of the intense issues are in the rcm area because it's so complicated but from the standpoint of what are health institutions or what's the industry doing well i would say automation first of all on the front end and the back end of the revenue cycle jeff is something that progressively has been adopted and that facilities are doing well or better than the middle revenue cycle. So, for instance, facilities have been a lot more open to automated automating some of the um, more repetitive tasks in registration and billing. So, if you think about it, a few examples that I at least I'm seeing out there and that you know has been accepted over you know multiple years is automating the data collection from patients for instance automating um, collection of co-payments via patient portal automating bills and reminders so i think that you know facilities are doing that well and then the other thing that i think that they're doing really well is improving the patient experience so hospitals realize patients are customers and they now see that it makes really good business sense to create this positive experience and make them want to come back. So I've also seen with that, that some institutions are starting to develop these true innovation programs. And that's for both the patient experience. And I've also seen it to help with the dire situation of just frankly, needing to do more with less. It's more complicated, but we have less people now. So I think that the industry is doing that well. And I say the whole industry because what I'm starting to see too is that that, you know, desire and active experience of proving the patient experience is actually trickling down to the vendors as well. And you're right. You're seeing a lot of organizations out there invest 
uh, in the patient experience. So it makes sense on the, on the front end. So moving yeah. from the positive to the struggles, a lot of these struggles are really in the middle revenue cycle and that's my focus and there's plenty to go around there. So, you know, I want to focus on a handful of those. Um, one CFO, I, I was just talking to a CFO last week and he said, you know, Monica, coding slash kind of middle revenue cycle is the most human capital intense part of our whole revenue cycle. And that really hit me. It's so true. You know, our biggest issue right now is in labor shortages. I did want to say that I literally hear that struggle from healthcare organizations daily. And mm. it's a huge impact on the entire healthcare industry. It's not just the clinical side, it's the administrative side. The other thing is interoperability. The ability of IT systems and applications to communicate and exchange data is a huge issue. Honestly, for, for us, it's our biggest issue with offering technology solutions. And I will admit transparently, it's been a huge learning lesson for me over the last few years. So what's happening is there's still disparate systems out there and there's you know issues with mapping the data. And we have to get the data to help with efficiencies and to apply automation many times. Sometimes we can go, you know, different systems can go into the EHR, but a lot of times we need to obtain it. The other issue with that that's underlying is that, believe it or not, there's still so much unstructured data out there, Jeff. Um, it's, I kind of feel like that's Groundhog Day because we started to work on that back in the 90s, as I said, um, with EHRs. But it is a little bit of Groundhog Day because we're still at that 80-20 split um, with 80% unstructured and 20% structured, believe it or not. The problem with that is IT's just tapped or they're not knowledgeable enough to address the issue. So, you know, that it goes beyond RCM. That is with clinical continuity. There's many things that kind of stem off that. But it is a huge impact to helping the revenue cycle become more efficient and, you know, flow better and have better outcomes. There's a couple of other things that I wanted to mention. Denials. I saw a statistic the other day that they're literally up 23% compared to four years ago. You know, that goes back to rules just keep getting more and more complicated from the payers. And, you know, I think it's one of the top issues. It's a huge administrative burden on facilities. And literally, I had somebody tell me last week, Jeff, that 90% of their denials, were, they didn't even have time to look at or address. Wow. And that's, that is scary. That is critical. And, and the problem is, not only from that are they missing out on, you know, obviously potentially appealing, um, you know, and if you look at clinical appeals in the coding area, there's a plethora of those that need to be appealed um, that could be overturned. But they're also missing out on, you know, just looking at the patterns and, you know, understanding where potentially some of the root of the problems are and fixing them at the root of the problem. Something that facilities have to, I think, take the time to really get a handle on and get to the root of the problem. 
The other thing that I wanted to mention, which kind of goes in tandem, are edits. Claim edits, that can be a part of the solution or it can be part of the problem. I personally have seen more times than not that claim edits are a huge struggle when they're not handled right. They can help generate cleaner claims. So I think that, you know, facilities sometimes get a little overzealous about that and they end up creating, you know, you have your typical set of claim edits and then all of a sudden it starts growing and growing and growing. And what happens is basically working claim edits takes experience and labor and a lot of time to work those work cues. And so it becomes really complicated um, with the more you have, the more you have to work. So it really is something that takes analytics to, you know, kind of look at what are the patterns, how can we go along and educate and reduce the edits, but without the analytics, they're uh, a bit lost and that goes for denials as well. So those, those are just some really big things that, you know, I think off the top of my head are, are huge issues. Clearly, uh, significant issues here. And, and if you're just tuning in, you're listening to Payment Matters. I'm joined by Monica Dubois of Deliver Health. And we're really discussing, uh, I'm going to call it the middle part of, of healthcare revenue cycle. And Monica, I'm, I'm going to drill down into the problems that you just shared here, which is you talked about people and the staff shortages there, interoperability between all the systems, unstructured data denials and claim edits. And I think all of those require a lot of people, manpower, and just focus and energy to get that right. And that's tough. Mm -hmm. How is your work or what does Deliver Health do to really address, you know, one or more of those issues that you share? I think when it comes to looking at what labor it takes, like I said, it, that is the, the middle revenue cycle is kind of the most consuming part of the revenue cycle. And so, you know, what really drew me to deliver health was being able to tackle it in that coding area. You know, it's, it's really crazy to me, but you know, you have these shortages on the clinical side, and that's talked about a lot, I feel. Even in media, they talk about, you know, using travel and the contract for, you know, clinical, which is, you know, triple the cost and the impact on so many levels. But in our world, we have, you know, the same issue with coders. Coders are, you know, I'm sure everybody is familiar. They're highly educated, um, highly, typically highly experienced. And in our world, the cost of coders right now has become unprecedented. I mean, even since I-10, it's, it's gone beyond that. And we thought it would never, that would never happen, right? So we're literally seeing salaries triple. We're seeing unprecedented sign-on bonuses for, I mean, up to $8,000, Jeff. And I used to see high sign-on bonuses when I was in the vendor world but now we're seeing that at health systems. So that's why I kind of call it unprecedented. So it's on the top of the pressure um, of, you know, facilities and RCMs to get these claims out, get, to get them coded faster and faster with the same expected quality outcomes to ensure revenue integrity, but 
they don't have the staff. Mm -hmm. So what drew me to Deliver Health is being able to do two things. First, just through foundational automation, you know, be able to make the coder code faster or allow the coder to code faster through improved workflow um, and just through automating their process. But more importantly, what we're doing is we are, um, you know, we learned that autonomous coding is very much a real thing. And what that does is it literally is through the computer and very advanced technology allows the system to autocode without a human in the loop certain high volume, call it low acuity type of encounters. So let me give you an example, Jeff, like radiology, ED, urgent care, many things in the profi space. Again, you know, when you start to be able to run that through a, um, a computer and have that computer generated, and then if the computer does not have a high confidence that it can code it, then it does send it to a human in the loop. So what we did is we learned, hey, there are about four, five, six vendors out there that are doing a really good job with this. They've kind of mastered the technology. They're having great outcomes, high automation rate, high quality. And so what we did is we said, we have this foundational platform and we can take that and we can aggregate all of these vendors engines and we can optimize. Because as I described the technology you know, what I want you to hear is it's complicated. And so these vendors tend to be very niche in the patient types that they address. So you might have one vendor that really has focused on radiology and ED. You'll have another vendor that has really focused through their machine learning on ED and prim primary care, and the list goes on. So we thought, you know, with seeing all the struggles out there, these healthcare facilities, they want to optimize, but they don't want to work with four different vendors, Jeff. I mean, I've been there, done that. You do not want to do that. Plus, they don't have the staff, obviously, to evaluate all the vendors. So our approach is we have performed proof of concepts with the various vendors. We've tested their engine. We've tested the quality. We've worked with them elbow to elbow, and we've established who are the ones that are really proven and in what areas. We aggregate that on our one Deliver Health platform, and therefore, you know, a health system or, you know, a, um, you know, an entity out there in the ambulatory side from a profi perspective um, that has multiple clinics can all come together using one vendor, one API, one source of bringing the data in and optimize on auto coding or autonomously coding those um, patient types. So that's how we're out there trying to really help. And so it's not about also Jeff just saying, hey, we're gonna reduce labor, reduce cost. A lot of times these facilities, they're kind of going, we don't even have the coders. We're, 
our revenue cycle or our, you know, our outcomes, our payments, our, you know, cash, um, bringing in the cash is suffering greatly. And so they can even take some of those coders that are in a radiology area and train them in outpatient surgery or inpatient. And that's more the approach that we're seeing. And what, what in terms of when a single platform is used, mm-hmm. what kind of benefits are these clients seeing when all of these things are automated or you're helping them code faster? Are, are you seeing a fewer denials, um, you know, just better getting the claims out faster? What, what's the, what, what are you seeing in terms of results? Absolutely. Yeah. And we have actually done some case studies on this. Um, first of all, the denial rates can, I mean, we've, we've seen an average of about 30% improvement in denial rates actually, Jeff, but we also, believe it or not, we've had instances where um, we've seen it and some through our vendors as well, as high as 60 to 70% improvement in denials. And a lot of that goes back to, you know, sometimes, especially in the ambulatory setting, they are just, um, you know, they misunderstand some of the payer rules. Um, and there might be one rule that has just been followed inappropriately. And so, you know, you start getting a high quality solution that's automated in there. And, you know, we've seen, you know, with a 70 to 80% automation rate, a reduction, 50% in denials. So there, there definitely is significant, um, ROI there. Uh, other areas is, you know, certainly the reduction in AR. Um, you're going faster to payment and reducing AR, um, reducing the, the coding errors in, you know, a lot of them. And then again, that labor savings as well, ultimately. Clearly a lot of focus and, and I'll say as I think back to this, a lot of focus on patient ex- engagement, patient experience. Yes, um, it was was done before, but clearly there's there's a lot to be done here in the middle part here. Absolutely. I guess, uh, yeah, you know, what, last question I, I always want to ask: You've been in healthcare uh, for the for the last thirty years. What's if if you had a magic pill or a wish for healthcare and mm-hmm. snap your fingers and it would change? What would that be? So there's a couple things. So first of all, I and I I see this start to happen, but um, and and start to take off. But if I could just snap my fingers and have it just be, you know, there fully adopted, it would be kind of the digital side of the healthcare industry and RCM. Um, you know. There already has been a, a pretty big impact, like, you know, digital um, apps that help you find your location, pay your bill, um, make your appointment, et cetera. But, you know, healthcare is such a choice now, Jeff. It's not like it used to be. It has been completely taken over by consumerism in our industry and it's competitive. And that impacts the revenue cycle and really embracing that is important. I mean, just think about mobile. Mobile is, a demand now. And I think that some facilities, they can't get it 
adopted, implemented fast enough, and some are just lagging behind. And I just want to make the point, it's really interesting. It's not just for millennials. Like my dad is 94 years old and he had an appointment last week and he was receiving text up to the minute of walking into his appointment, Jeff. And the funny thing is he now expects it from all of his healthcare providers. So that digital experience is in the hands of the consumer or the customer, but also in the, in the provider. Some want it, some don't. But I think my point is they all need to get on the bus and it's hard for them sometimes to adopt it. So if I could, you know, snap my finger, that would be one thing. Um, and, and I think just, you know, automation and innovation and embracing that um, in all areas of the revenue cycle. If I could snap my finger, there's so much fear out there and I get it um, because of how much it impacts the revenue cycle, the payment through the quality of coding. Um, but, you know, we've come a long way with computer assisted coding, um, but it's it's not enough. It's just not enough. If you look at autonomous coding, it's so much more advanced than CAC. CAC simply just helps the coder become a little bit more efficient. And typically we've been a little discouraged in that it's been about 20%. Um, but if you, you know, move on and you snap your fingers and you really fully automate autonomous coding in the areas in which it is right now um, having good success, you really would see, I think, so much improvement to the revenue cycle. Um, and you still would need some human in the loop. It's never gonna overtake. So don't take what I'm saying wrong. Inpatient, I don't see it until well after I retire, way down the line. <laughs> but, you know, we have proven that it does work in so many um, patient service types. And so snapping my finger would be just making that work, having that interoperability to easily receive the data, run it through, return it straight to Bill, and help relieve some of these major issues that we've talked about today. Yeah, well, Monica, that's uh, this is uh, the prescription for for healthcare with automating, focusing on the middle office, and really kind of delivering a better experience for for your clients and and for the general healthcare system. Great, great to hear and great to learn about this. And uh, to all your listeners, uh, these are the payment matters we're tackling today. And and thank you to my guest, Monica, for for joining me today. Monica, where where can our listeners look, go to learn more about you? So, Jeff, I would just encourage uh, the listeners to maybe look me up on LinkedIn, just Monica Dubois. And also, you could learn more about what I'm doing here at Deliver Health by going to our website, which is deliverhealth.com. Thank you to all of you for listening in. Remember that you can listen in to this episode weekdays at 4.30 a.m., 12.30 p.m., and 8.30 p.m. Eastern. You can also listen to this on Apple Podcasts and Google Play Music, or just say Alexa, play Healthcare Now Radio. If you have a comment about the show, follow hashtag Payment Matters, or connect with me on Twitter at Jeff Beeman. Learn more about the show at Healthcare Now Radio or Instagram.com. Until next time, I'm Jeff Beeman.